This week's parasha is Parashas B'Shalach. In the parasha it says, in Parak Tesvav, Pasuk Chavav, Vayemer im Shamaya Tishma L'Kail Hashem L'Kecha, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Pahal Yisrael that if you listen to what HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Vayashur Be'en of Pasa, and you do what's appropriate in his eyes, Vayazantel Mitzvah Yisrael V'Shamar Chukav, if you listen to all of his mitzvahs, all of the various plagues, all of the makis, all of the diseases that I inflicted upon Mitzrayim, I will not put upon you, because I am Hashem, your doctor. And so in this Pasuk, we find an important concept that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wears an additional hat to all of the others that he is known for. We know that he's our king, and we know that he is our father, and we know that he is our savior, and he does righteousness for us, he's a shayfet, tzedek. He does so many things, but... Among all of his mastery, among all of his professional occupations, as it were, he's a doctor. HaKadosh Baruch Hu claims to be our doctor. HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells us, Ki ani Hashem Reifecha, I am your real doctor. I am the doctor that will heal you from all your maladies. And this is a very important insight for us to remember. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu is our doctor that whenever something goes wrong medically, we have to put our eyes towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He is the main being that we dive into and that we look to for medical attention. You know, we know that the Rambam was a doctor. Not only was he a doctor, he was perhaps the most well-known and the greatest doctor in the world at his time. He was, the, he was the surgeon general for the sultan. The sultan in Egypt was one of the most powerful personalities in the world, and he hired the Rambam to be his personal physician. You know, people think that the Rambam chose, you know, as a profession when he was... Uh, when he was the Yeshua Bachar, to go and be a doctor. And because of that, there have been many mothers and fathers throughout the years who have used the Rambam as a tool to convince their children who perhaps want to stay in learning to go to medical school. And not that there's anything wrong at all with being a doctor, but to use the Rambam as an example of, you know, the Rambam was a doctor, he was able to pull it off, so I don't see any reason why you can't. Um, there's about a thousand differences between us and the Rambam. One of the differences is that, first of all, the Rambam was the Rambam. Medical school was not medical school. I don't think he went to medical school. I think he probably maybe just read a textbook or two. Um, but the most important thing that we have to know in this through the Rambam is the Rambam wasn't a doctor by choice. And the Rambam wasn't a doctor until much later in his life. The Rambam spent his formative years and beyond the Dalai Lama 
the only reason why the Ramam became a doctor was because it was necessary uh, after his brother, who supported him for many years, his brother's name was David, and he supported his brother and his brother's family and his family and the entire Ramam Mishpacha was supported by this wealthy businessman um, by the name of Reb David. And Reb David Kohn, Aga, parenthetically, says that the reason, he thinks that the reason why the Rambam wrote the Yada Chazaka, which contains 14 Svarim in it, he could have made it 13 Svarim, he could have made it 15 Svarim, probably, if he wanted to. Why did he make it after 14? Is because Yad, Yudalit, is the same gematria as David, and he wanted to give credit and he wanted to give acknowledgement to his brother for all that he did in order to enable him to become who he was. And so he named his sefer Yara Chazaka and he created 14 separate svarim so as to give the proper recognition to his brother Rabdabad. And Rabdabad once was going off on a business trip and he decided that he was going to go across the dangerous waters, I believe, to India. The Rambam felt that he shouldn't, and the Rambam told him on more than one occasion that I don't think that's necessary, you do business more locally, don't go on the dangerous seas. Back then it was very, you know, you were really putting your life on the line every time you went out on the high seas. And we have a letter that is in great Jewish letters as a... As a as a um, sidebar, it's, a, it's an amazing fragment of a letter that I found, um, I think it's in, uh, it's in the Cambridge or Oxford Library. Um, and it's a fragment of a letter, but they were able, and it looks like, you know, there's like holes in the middle of the letter, but they were able to sort of piece together this letter, and it was written by Reb David to his brother the Rambam. And he says that I know that, you know, you told me not to go into the seas, but I feel that there's opportunities, you know, out there that I have to explore. And he, HaKadosh Baruch who has protected me on land, he will also protect me on the sea. And unfortunately, tragically, his boat went down, his ship went down. Not only did he die, but he took all of the family wealth down with him, because on that ship he invested all of his money in the, in the stuff that he was bringing back from the trip, or maybe on the way, and you know, the money that he took with him was basically all of his treasure, and, and the Rambam was first of all thrown into tremendous uh, avelos for a very long time, he was not able to get out of bed for many, many months, maybe over a year, he was depressed. Everything reminded him of his brother, and he longed for his brother. They had a very close relationship. That was one you know, problem that happened as a result of that tragedy, but another problem that occurred was that they had no money. And at that point, the Rambam went you know, and became a doctor, and he became a world-renowned physician, and he became the doctor of the Sultan. And he was an excellent doctor, um, so much so that the sultan once told him that, you know, I never really have a chance to test whether or not you're a really good doctor because since you've come, you've been working for me for many years and you've been watching me, you know, making sure that my blood pressure is, is okay and that I'm eating the right foods and I'm exercising, whatever they used to do back in those days. And 
and I haven't been sick since you came, so we really never got a chance to see if you're a real good doctor or not, because, you know, doctors, are, they heal patients. So the Rambam says, no, you know, with all due respect, you're wrong, because we see in this parasha that Kodesh Baruch Hu says to Klal Yisrael that if you do the right thing, then you will never have a machla, you will never get sick, because I am Hashem, your doctor. The Ramam says, you see from this passage that the best doctor is somebody that makes sure that you don't get sick. A doctor primarily should be engaged in preventative medicine, medicine that you know, prevents you from being sick, telling you what you should be doing right and what you shouldn't be doing wrong and, and making sure that your body stays normal as opposed to trying to be Superman after a person gets sick and then saving you. Of course, that's what a doctor does also. The best doctor is a doctor that takes care of you so that you don't get sick and that when you're healthy, you know, you're being properly watched over and maintained. This is a very, very important yisaid. This is the first yisaid that I think we have to learn from this pasuk that we have to appreciate HaKadosh Baruch Hu as a roifei when we're healthy. When a person is Baruch Hashem healthy and we got up this morning and we felt well and we're able to you know, get up and go to davening, we don't have a sore throat hopefully, we don't have the sniffles, we don't have a cold, we don't have the flu... When things are good for us, when we feel healthy, that is a direct result of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's intervention with us as a doctor. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, by making us well, that's the ultimate refuah. You know, this week we had a... Uh, there was supposed to be a historic storm... And, you know, one of the headlines that I appreciated was historical or hysterical. You know, because it was supposed to be historical. It was supposed to be like the biggest storm in New York City history. And it became just a hysterical bunch of reporters, you know, telling us, Sheker, it wasn't true. It never happened. And so everybody's like screaming at the reporters and screaming at the meteorologists and the weathermen and all of the papers and you know, accusing them of overreactions and the mayor and the governor and the everybody. And that's true. That's the natural tendency to immediately start, you know, blaming for the storm that never happened. But if I think about it a little bit more, which I did, you know, you begin to say, wait a minute, if you see pictures of what happened in you know, in Maine, I don't know if anyone saw these pictures, but in Maine, there's, there was like 20 some odd inches of snow, and then it melted, and there's terrible flooding, like all the streets look like a, a river. That could have potentially, Khalila happened in New York. HaKadosh Baruch Hu spared us from calamity. So instead of complaining about, you know, how we were told the wrong thing, and how, you know, the storm never happened... Instead of doing that, we should be grateful to the Rabbi Shalom for saving us, for sparing us the bullet. That's not the way we think. We think well, it never was supposed to happen. Never, you know, they made a mistake. Maybe they didn't make a mistake. Maybe we davened really well, or somebody davened really well, and the storm was averted. That's the same exact hashkafa that we should be having 
when it comes to everything in life, but in the context of today's shmuz, our health. We think that, you know, Baruch Hashem, we're healthy, and that's the default. You know, that's the given. When we're sick, that's a chiddish. It's not true. Maybe naturally we're supposed to be very sick, and HaKadosh Baruch because he's our Rafe, decided to make us healthy, decided to spare us from sickness and make us healthy. And that's something we have to think about every single day. If we'd have Kavana by the Bracha of Asher Yatsar, that's basically what the Bracha is saying. If you listen to the Bracha, if you concentrate on the Bracha, the Bracha on how many times a day do we make an Asher Yatsar? Many times. And we have to be Mechavin, you know, they have these beautiful charts um, that people donate for Asher Yatsar. It's a very important Bracha to have Kavana for him. Unfortunately, many times we're running and we're going back to our Chavrusas and going, you know, here or there, and we don't think about it properly. Somebody that, a Talmud of mine, you know, who's at work, he went to, you know, he, he's, you know he's, he's working in Manhattan every day. He says that the guy in Manhattan, they know that after Jews go to the bathroom, they talk to themselves a little bit. You know, people, you're walking down the hall, you're moving, you're, you know, sometimes, you know, the person that cleans my, you know, the floor on my hall upstairs, like after I'm going to, you know, after I come out of there, I'm saying, actually, I'm saying, good morning, good morning. And I'm like, no, 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 you know, like, that's, you know, that's normal. And the Ashriyatsa is sort of like, it just becomes like, you know, we, we mumble it, but we don't think about what we're saying. What are we saying with Ashriyatsa? Let's go through it together. Ashriyatsa is Adam Bechachma. Hakadishparachu created a person with tremendous wisdom. Uvarabai, Nekavim, Nekavim, Chalum, Chalum. He created all types of holes in our body, orifices. And it's known to you, If let's say one of those orifices that remove the, the waste in our body would be constantly open and everything would pour out without being able to control that. That happens. Or... The opposite happens. Oh, you saw that it shuts down and that the body can't actually remove the waste. Then it would be impossible for us to exist even one moment. A person would die because the poisons, the toxins in the body would create a deadly effect on, on, the, on the physical body. A person has to be able to get rid of the waste. And if you don't, then you're not, being, you're not going to be able to survive. So we thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for, not just for allowing things to work properly, but acknowledging that if they wouldn't work properly, then we wouldn't be able to survive. What does that mean? It means that we have to always understand that our life hangs in the balance, that our bodies functioning properly is not a given. It's a chiddish. He does wonders. What's the wonder? It's not Kriya Samsa, but it is. It's a miracle every time everything functions properly. The Ramah says, HaKadosh Baruch is able to take the Ruach and the Geshem. He's able to take Ruchnias and Gashmias, the body, the physical body plus the soul, and somehow marry them together. That's a Pella. 
the whole way that the body functions is a miracle. And maybe that's what Akadosh Baruch Hu says in Parashat B'Shalach, right next to Kriyas Yamsuf, because it's like a miracle that we have to recognize. And when we're healthy, we have to recognize it. Chazal tell us, La'olam yaktim adam tefillah l'tzara. Don't wait for tzaras to come and then daven. Daven when things are good. That Akadosh Baruch Hu should continue our health and make it ride, let it ride. Let the good health that we have continue. And the best way to, to assure that is by davening now, by saying an are now, recognizing the miracle when things are working properly, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the right faith. That's when we're healthy. It's a very important thing to remember. When we're healthy, we have to acknowledge that the reason why we're healthy is because of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's not because I work out and I eat the right things and I'm on a diet. That is good. That's, that's all very important to do. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu is making sure that we are healthy. You know how easy it is to get very sick? You know how many things that we touch on a daily basis that are full of you know, bacteria and full of things that can make us very sick? Sometimes a person, you're working in the city or you're working you know, on a sidewalk somewhere, somebody just sneezed right in front of you. Thank you. And, um, and, you know, and, and then you, know, you, work, you walk right through his sneeze. And the, or you're on an airplane. You know, if you ever saw like a diagram of the way an airplane works, like there's recycled air that's circulating in the airplane, people all around you are sneezing and coughing and are ridiculously sick. I was just on an airplane too, uh, coming back from Toronto. And there was this lady on the plane sitting next to her, like on the other side of the aisle. And she was like the biggest mafunic in the world. She would, you know, she had like, as soon as she sat down, she took out like a, a medicated wipe or something and she was wiping off the, you know, the, the vents of the air conditioner and all the, you know, the, the touch screen in front of her and the handles and then she wiped her hands and she put it, everything that, you know, and then Nebuch, there was a woman right behind her that was coughing and, and she kept on turning around and giving the dirtiest looks possible, this lady. And she was talking to herself, you know, you talk about talking, she was like, you know, she was completely beside her because this woman... And it's, you know, you can't be that way, obviously. You have to try to be normal in life. But if you want to think about, you know, how easy it is for a person to get sick, it's not too difficult. There's so many germs, there's so many sick people around that, you know, it's really easy to get sick. Why are we not getting sick, Baruch Hashem, more often, hopefully? Because HaKadosh Baruch is protecting us. Now, that's when we are healthy. Now let's talk about Rahman al-Islan when a person is sick. When a person is sick, it's very important to remember that we daven to the Rabbi Nishayim. We don't daven to doctors. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the main Raifei. He is the main Raifei. He is the doctor. He is the one that's going to make us better. Now, HaKadosh Baruch Hu allows us, or rather he allows a doctor to go and to heal there is permission granted to doctors to perform their trade. They're allowed to perform, you know, healing. They're allowed to, and they have a kayak to. But that doesn't mean to say that HaKadosh completely gave over that assignment to doctors. HaKadosh remains the doctor. If you want to go to a doctor, that's fine. 
but you have to recognize that the ultimate refuah comes from HaKadosh Baruch Ki Ani Hashem Reifecha. The Grah, as a matter of fact, used to never go to doctors. Because he was on such a high madrega, bitachin in the Rabbi Nishayim, that he felt that it would not be appropriate for him to go to a doctor. Now, obviously, you know, we don't, we don't do that. We are not holding on, not because we're Bashita against the Grah. The Grah was right. But the Grah was on a much higher madrega. We're not on that madrega. When you, if you're on the level of bitachin, the imam is able to believe 100% or 1,000% that Akrish is the right way and that I have no need for any other doctors. I don't need any intervention other than the Rabbeinu Shalom. So then a person like that, if he's mamish holding on the Madrid, but none of us are, by the way, but if you would be the Gra, you wouldn't have to go to a doctor. The stipler, by the way, never went to a doctor. And I saw from Chaim Kanievsky, he didn't not go to a doctor because he felt he was such a big Baal Bitochen. He just didn't feel that doctors knew what they were talking about. But, you know, you find in the Gemara that there's refuah, there are doctors, people are going to doctors, Amiram went to doctors, not, you know, it's not fear to go to a doctor. But a person on a very high madrego, like the Grah, he felt that he didn't need it, he goes straight to the Rebbein, there's no need for a middleman. But we do go to doctors because we have to do our Ishtadlis, and it's, you know, it's sort of a balancing act, we have to go to the doctor, but we don't go and put all of our bitachin in a doctor. We go to a doctor, we even go to the best doctors. The Jews know which doctors are the best doctors to go to. You know, there's all types of, of wonderful organizations. Um, Echo, it, it's a, in Muncie, I think, is where it's headquartered. And basically, they know all the best doctors. And, you know, and they, they, you call them up, and it's Kedai to know this, you know, if you ever, Khalil need it for anything, you need to know a good doctor. Don't just go to the closest doctor. We're living, Baruch Hashem, near Manhattan, where they have probably the best doctors in the world. Echo will tell you exactly for this disease where you go for, you know, which is the best doctors to go to, and for that thing, and for this surgery, and for that infection. Where, they know everything. And it's Kedai to go to very good doctors. You should go to the best doctors, but not to believe that the doctor is the cause of my getting better, the doctor is a shliach. He has the right to perform medicine, and, and we're living in times that medicine is very good and very advanced. But at the same time, you have to believe in the Rabbi Nishan. We have to believe in the Rabbi Nishan. The Rabbi Nishan is Kani Hashem The doctor is doing his thing, but ultimately, whether we get better or whether we don't get better is probably in our belief in the Rabbi Nishan himself. There's a Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, Dafyur Chesam The Gemara says that Shnayim Mita. There are two people that went into a bed. Imagine they're both in a hospital room and they're both in the same bed, right side by side with each other. Whenever I learn this Gemara, whenever I quote this Gemara, I think of a of a story that was legendary in Kaltaira in Yerushalayim, where I went to Yeshiva. So there was a, um, the, the executive director was a tremendous Hamachacham, his name was Kunstadt. And he was, you know, his father founded the Yeshiva in Germany many, many years before, and he was one of the Rosh Yeshivas, the son in Yerushalayim. 
and he was a relentless fundraiser. He, you know, it was a very big yeshiva, very prominent yeshiva, and he, it, it took a lot of money to, to raise, you know, for the budget. And there was a certain person, by the name of Mr. Stern, who, you know, he was the, um, I think he named, uh, Stern College is named after him. And his son, you know, Leonard Stern, I think the NYU Business School is named after him. Very wealthy family. I think they, they came from Germany and they found, they, they, they became wealthy through Hearts Mountain, the largest pet food company in America. Interesting, Yiddish cup to make pet food, you know, like, you know, and sell it. And, you know, they made a fortune on this. And, and every time Mr. Stern came to Israel, I think he was German by descent, and, you know, Rav Kunstadt felt it was a natural shidduch to, for him to support Kaltaira, which is a Yekish yeshiva. So every time he came to Israel, he would, like, hunt him down. He would try to, like, find him wherever, like, Mr. Stern went, if he was, like, in a, in a hotel, like, suddenly Rav Kunstadt would be in the lobby of that hotel, and if he was, like, you know, in a park, Rav Kunstadt bumped into him there, and he was always, like... It wasn't exactly his ashkaf, I think. He didn't want to give to Kaltair for whatever reason, or if he gave, he gave a little amount, but it wasn't enough for a Kunstadt. One time, he happened to be in Eretz Yisrael, and Mr. Stern had a very bad heart attack. Not that there's ever a good heart attack, but it was a very serious heart attack. And Punkt, that same week, Rav Kunstadt also had a heart attack. And they put them in the same room in the hospital, in Shari Tzedek Hospital, they were side by side. And when they came to, like, they look at each other, and Mr. Sam, not you again. There's that promise. I had a heart attack. I really did. I'm not faking. And, and, um, and he said, if you had a heart attack to get some money out of me for your yeshiva, he says, I'm giving it. And if you go to Kaltaira and your Shalayim, you see on the building, the whole, the big building in front, the base manager's building, it says, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Max and Gitti Stern. And that was from that Maisa. So the Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah, that Shnayim Sha'ol Lumita, two people go to a hospital. They both have the same heart attack. They both have the same exact machlo. The same thing happened to both of them. But it's an amazing thing, the Gemara says, Ze Yared, Yared. One is able to get out of the bed and get and be dismissed from the hospital, be able to, you know, to leave the hospital alive, and very often the other person doesn't make it. How is that so? They have the same exact, you know, time of year, the same exact symptoms, the same exact machala. One is able to get off the bed and to be to go home, discharged from the hospital, and one is not. One dies. One gets sent to the morgue in the basement, and one is able to go back home. Why? So the Gemara says, very simple. They both davened. But one davened and he was answered, and one davened and he was not answered. So Frek the Gemara Kasha, and why was one who davened answered, and the other one who davened not answered? So the Gemara says, very simple. Because Zeh is followed Philo Shlema, Vizelah is followed Philo Shlema. One davened a real Philo, and one didn't. Rashi says one word. What does it mean, Philo Shlema? Niskaven. One had Kavana, 
when he was davening and one did not have kavana. The one that had kavana, he was discharged, he was sent home, he's living and well. The one that didn't have kavana, he died. What's going on over here? A guy is in a hospital. He's got nothing to do. It's not like, you know, you know there's, you're basically about to die. Two people are mamish on their deathbed. They're about to die. They both have sidurim in their hands, the same exact sidur. Presumably, they're both going to daven with a lot of kavana. If there's one time to have a lot of kavana, it's then. Now, assuming that they're both you know, able to concentrate, which assuming probably that's the case, it's not like you know, one was dozing off. He was, he was davening, he was trying. But he wasn't miscaving. What does he wasn't miscaving? You didn't have kavana? The other guy, oh, he wanted to live and the other one didn't want to live. What does it mean? He didn't even have kavana. Zakhtar Veli you know what it means to have kavana? They both had a lot of kavana. They're both shuffling and they're both davening. They're both saying refeinu and they're both saying shmakaleinu. They're saying, they're doing the same thing. The difference between patient A and patient B was their attitude towards who was going to make them better. Meaning, the one that ultimately lived when he said, Rafa'inu Hashem B'nei Rafa, he was saying, I only have you. I have one plan and one plan only, and that's you are going to help me. You are going to rescue me from this ailment that I have. I need you. I have no other plan. I'm here in the hospital. Obviously, they're doing whatever they want to me. I don't know. I'm, you know but that's cruise control. I don't know what they're doing. I'm davening to you. I'm putting all of my hope in you. That person, that's a kavana that's going to work. The other person, he also had kavana, but what's his kavana? His kavana is, listen, number one, I'm in the best hospital. I have the best doctors. And the nursing staff is amazing. And, you know, and I'm getting great treatment, and I'm, you know, and, and everything is amazing. And now I'm talking to you also, maybe, you know, it's like a plan B, you know, try to help me if you can. That's the difference between a person that's able to have a tefillah shlema and not. They're both davening with kavana. But what's my kavana? What am I putting my Iker Yeshua in? What's my main hope? Is my main hope that the doctors are going to rescue me and the Rabbi Yishlam is going to help the doctors? Or is my main hope that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to rescue me and the doctors are doing whatever they're doing? But HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you are my right faith. Rifa'inu Hashem b'nei rafeh. The way we'll get healthy is by believing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the right thing. If we put our hope in doctors, you know, then we're like anybody else. Maybe it'll work, maybe it won't work. If we put our hope in the Rabbani Shalom, the Rabbani Shalom is going to help us. There's a chassid that once was very sick and he went to the great Rebbe Ramarachai Minishchiz. And he said to Ramarachai, I need, a, I need an eighth, I'm very sick. I don't know if I'm going to make it out of it. It's, it's a terrible machla. What should I do? So the Rebbe tells him, he says, go to the professor in Anapoli. In the old days, a professor, even there it's Israel, I think, professor means like a hush of a doctor. They call a professor. He says, go to the professor in Anapoli. So, he says, okay. So he goes to the professor, and he's going to take care of you, he'll take care of you, he'll heal you. Okay? So he takes a train to Anapoli, 
and he goes to Annapoli. Annapoli's a little shtetl. Annapoli's not New York City, and it's not Chicago, it's not Los Angeles. It's a little, it's a little Darfur. It's a little town. It's a one, one horse town. And we know of Annapoli because of the famous of Zushim Annapoli, you know, the tremendous tzaddik, the chassid. But it was a small little city. And he comes to the city, gets off the train, he asks some yidin standing around, he says, where's the professor of Annapoli? And they, start, they laugh at him. Professor Annapoli, where, we don't have anybody here in Annapoli. There's no doctors, there's, no, there's nothing, it's garnished. We have a little town here, you know, we, have, we don't have any professionals here. We have some chassidim, we have some people, you know, that sell some shmatas, some food. We don't have any professors in Annapoli. So he says, so tell me, what do you do, you know, when you get sick here? Like, who, who takes, who's the doctor? Where's the, where's the urgent care? He says, no, when we get sick, you know, we don't have doctors, so we dive into the Rabbi Nishayon. So he says, so strange, the, the Rebbe told me to come here, that there's a professor, a big professor, a big doctor, Yanapoli. But you're telling me there's no doctor. So he comes back to the Rebbe, he takes the train back home, he's very upset, he's very anguished, he says, I'm not feeling well, the Rebbe told me to take a train, I took a train, I thought I'd get some professional help, and they said there's no professor in Annapoli. So the Rebbe said, did you ask them what they do then to get better? He said, yeah, I did. He said, what'd they tell you? Well, they said that we go and, and daven. So the Rebbe looks at him and says, you shaita. He says, that's the professor of Annapoli that I was telling you about. The Rabbi is the professor of Annapoli. He's the doctor. He's always the doctor. He's the professor of Annapoli. He's the professor of NYU. He's the professor of Columbia. He's the professor of Sloan Kettering. He is the doctor. He is the greatest doctor in the world. We think that we have to go to this doctor, that, and we do. But the ultimate doctor, the real doctor, behind the scenes, behind the curtain, is the real professor of Annapoli. That's the Rabbi Nishlam. Ki am Hashem, I am Hashem. I'm your doctor. I allow other doctors to go through the motions, but I am the doctor. And when you understand that, that's when you're going to have a refuah. There's a story that's told about a woman who had a very sick child and she went to the Tsar of Russia's doctor. The Tsar of Russia had his own personal physician and it was an Arab Shabbos and she was sort of like, you know, waiting outside of the Tsar's palace for when the doctor would come out. And she you know, brought her son with her, and she said, quickly, doctor, can you just give me a quick, you know, uh, tell me what's wrong with my son, he seems so sick, is he going to get better, is there something I could do for him, and the doctor looks at him, and he, sa- he knows that this child is terribly, terribly sick, and he's probably not going to make it, but he didn't want to disappoint the mother, so he says, here, I'm going to give you a prescription, he wrote on a piece of paper a prescription, and he gave it to her, he says, you're supposed to Fill this prescription and give your son every four hours two teaspoons of the medication. And she said, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And the doctor like walked away and he's rolling his eyes. I says, this kid is not going to make it. And then the doctor was walking through the streets of that area the week later. 
and he sees a boy that looks exactly like that sickly boy that he had seen, and he's playing ball on the street, he's running around, he's like perfectly better. And he says, are, are you the boy that I saw yesterday, you, you know, on Arab Shabbos, your mother brought, brought you to me? He says, yeah. He says, can I please speak to your mother? So he calls down for his mother. His mother comes and she says, thank you so much, doctor. Everything worked out well. He says, what did you do? Like, how, how is he better? She says, well, you gave me that prescription. He said, yeah. She said, well, the truth is that it was Arab Shabbos. I didn't have time on Arab Shabbos to fill the prescription. And I said to myself that anyway, the Rabbi is really the doctor. The real doctor is the Rabbi Nishram. So what I did was, I took that piece of paper, the prescription that you wrote out for me, I put it in a pot of boiling water until it became all mushy and dissolved, and I gave my son, every, every four hours, I gave him two tablespoons of, of that mixture with the prescription in it, because I said, the Rabbi Nishram, he's the doctor, so let him, let him deal with this prescription. And I gave it, and Baruch Hashem, it worked. He became much better. He's fine now today. He's like playing ball. He's great. Thank you so much. It was a great, great prescription that you gave me. This is something the Rabbi Khan inspector, the great Kovner Rav, used to tell over. And this is the way things work. Obviously, I don't think we have to keep on reiterating, but you've got to go through. You can't really put a prescription in water and expect that to work. You have to go to a doctor... And you have to, you know, pay that copay, which is very painful for a father of five, nine hours last week, two weeks ago. My kids were all sick. And, you know, you go to a, you know, to a, even with insurance, it's $25 a head. And like, you know, one after another, they're going like, like, you know, like 25, 50, 75, you know, and, but it's hard. Sometimes it's, you know, just stay in bed one more day, see if it gets better. You know, sometimes you become, everyone becomes a grunnik. You know, when you have a, enough kids, you become very, a big chassid of the grah. But you have to, you have to once in a while, you have to, obviously, you have to take care of your family and yourself. You got to, you know, go to a doctor, take the medicine, whether you like it or not. That's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us. But what he also wants from us is to recognize, I am HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I heal you. Now, doctors... Once we're on the topic, you know, doctors are to be commended. Doctors are very honorable people. They really spend the better part of their life trying to help people feel better and to save people's lives. And many doctors are really, really wonderful people. Um, you know, I, I, when my father, Oliver Shalom, was, was very, very sick with the machla, so he had a, a number of doctors, and some of them were absolutely terrible. They're mamish rasham gemurim, mamish rasham gemurim. Like I don't want to go into the details, but terrible, terrible doctors. They they were doctors in name only. I'm sure it said MD on their license plate, but that's about it. They had no rachmanis and no no bedside manner and no concern and no care. And it was just purely a profession. And then there were doctors that were unbelievable malach Hashem tzavakis. But many doctors are wonderful. And the Mishnah says in Kedushan, that the best of doctors go to Gehenim. Which doesn't sound too flattering if you're, you know, thinking of being, if you're pre-med, you know, that's not a great, 
you know, diploma to, you know, to, you know the, instead of the Tzilos HaRefei, they're going to give you that, you know, to hang on your, on your office wall. It won't look so good. And Taka, there, there's a reason for that. Some doctors are Taka Rishayim. There are doctors that are, you know, that, that, that pull the plug on people and they, you know, and they don't care and they don't have concern and those. There are, then there are doctors that are wonderful. Rav Shach used to say the Pshat in that Mishnah, a doctor who was a wonderful doctor to Rav Shach, once said, Rabbi, tell me, what's the Pshat with that Mishnah? Like, it always haunts me. Like, is that, I'm working my whole life, I'm, I'm really trying to help people, and the best of the doctors go to Gehenna, that, that's, uh, that's what I have to look forward to? So Rav Shach says, no, he says, you misunderstood the Mishnah. He says, Taiv Shebaraitham, the best doctors, meaning the doctors with a good heart, the Taiv, the, the good doctors, the good doctors, they're not going to be able to stay in Eilam Haba and just sit knowing that there are Shom and Gehenim that are suffering. They're going to run down to Gehenim to like give them, you know, to help them and to make them feel better and to bandage their wounds. There are doctors and there are doctors. Reb Chaim Eiser used to say, the Rapa Yirape. says, many doctors, you have to, you have to, they, why is it double? Verapa, Verapa, because they mess up, they give you medications or procedures that are wrong, and then they have to fix that, they have to again do a refuah to fix what was broken by them. Um, I'll tell you an amazing story about a, it's not a doctor that messed up, but it was a, a pharmacist. When Ramesha Sharer was a very young boy. Ramesh Shara was one of the, you know, the leaders of, the lay leaders of, of Kal Yisrael for many, many decades. And he was the president of the Agudas Yisrael. And he helped Kal Yisrael in many ways. When he was a very young boy and growing up in, I think it was Williamsburg. So he was very sick, deathly ill. And the mother called the doctor. The doctor came and made a house call which they don't do this anymore in this day and age. When I was growing up as a kid, doctors still made house calls. And um, what happened was that the doctor came to Ramesh Shara's house. He saw that he was sick and he diagnosed his problem as being strep throat. And he told his mother, he told Ramesh Shara's mother, who was very poor, a very from, very hush of a lady, but extremely poor, that if you don't, get medication for your son, the strep throat is going to lead to rheumatic fever and it's going to, it's going to be the end of him. You have to get medicine. And he filled out a prescription for, 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 for her to get for her son. And he said, I must warn you, it costs a lot of money. It's an expensive medication. So she like looked around the house, like she you know, found a, a nickel here and a dime there, and she took whatever she could, and she ran to the pharmacy to get the medicine in time. And there was, the main pharmacist wasn't in the store, but his, a new, like, pharmacist that was working for him was. And he, she gives him the prescription, she gives him um, whatever money she had, whatever change she was able to find. He says, don't worry about it, work it out. He goes to the back of the store, he fills the prescription in a glass bottle like they used to have in the olden days and put it, put that in a, in a, in a paper bag. And she ran home through the streets of New York, which was hustle, bustle, 
and on the way she was almost home, and then somebody knocked into her as they were running in the other direction, and the medication fell on the street. The bottle shattered into a million pieces. The medicine was all over in the bag. She picked up the bag. She ran back to the pharmacy, and she was all upset, and she was crying. At that moment in time, the main pharmacist, the owner of the store, came into the store, and she said, please, you know, as it is, I owe you a lot of money. I, I gave the, your assistant you know, some of the money, but I still owe a lot more. And now I dropped it, and now my son's going to die. Please, you have to give me a new prescription. I'll mop the floors at night if need be. But just please give me a new prescription. So the pharmacist says, don't worry about it. He goes to the back of the store, and a few minutes later he comes out, and he's ash white. And he said, Mrs. Scherer, I have to tell you something. He says, that new guy, the new pharmacist, he gave you the wrong prescription. Not only was it the wrong prescription, it was a prescription that had your son taken it, he would have died. And he says, I'm gonna, here's the right prescription, you don't have to pay for this. And he gave her back the money that she paid for the wrong prescription. And she came home, she gave it to her son, Baruch Hashem, he recovered, he became the great Ramesh Hashem. And she told him, she used to always tell her son, that you see that the Rabbi Shalom is always here. Every time it looks really bleak, and when things look really bad in life, you should just wait for the Yeshua Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is watching over us, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is protecting us. Whatever happens in life is for a reason. Later in his life, Rabbi Shalom had a very bad heart attack. And... As he needed open-heart surgery, his family was very worried, but he was very calm because he kept remembering what his mother had told him, that you see from that story when you were a child how whatever seems bad is really a blessing in disguise. HaKadosh Baruch is always with us. And as a result of that open-heart surgery, Meshach Shara lost a lot of weight. He started exercising. He started eating right. A year later, they found cancer. They found like a tumor that he had that was very serious. And they had to give him radiation and chemo. And you can only take that if you have a strong heart. Had he not had that heart attack, he wouldn't have been able to take the chemo and he wouldn't be able to live another four years of his life, which he was able to after he found the cancer, after the cancer was discovered. And then ultimately he died four years later. But in those four years, he accomplished tremendous things for Klai Yisrael, as he had with his entire life. Doctors are wonderful, but doctors make mistakes. Pharmacists make mistakes. And we have to appreciate doctors, but don't dive into the doctor. You know, somebody once told me that the difference between a Litvak and a Chassid is that the Chassid davens to the Rebbe and a Litvak davens to the clock. You know, every always worried about what time or what time. Seisman Kriyashma, Seisman Tvila, and, you know, busy with a clock all day. You have to dive into the Rebbein Yisrael. A lot of us dive into the doctor. The doctor, will have the best doctor, and he's amazing, and I have to send him flowers, and I have to do this, I have to do that. Doctor, doctor, doctor. The doctor is doing his job, but don't get carried away. The doctors can make mistakes. The Rebbein Yisrael is the Reifei Chalbaser, or Mafilasis. A Pele comes from the Rebbein Yisrael. The refuah that we need, the nisim that we need, when we're sick, Leolene, when family members are sick, when Gedalim are sick, when Achena B'nai Yisrael are sick, and there's so many. If you go to hospitals, there's so many yidin. You shouldn't be in hospitals except to visit. But 
there are so many Yidin Rachman and that are cramped, that are sick. And the main refuah, the main Raifei is the Rabbi the only Raifei is the Rabbi Nishayim. Just end with one story. In, in Eretz Yisrael, there was a, a very young boy, a Hasidish boy, and he wasn't feeling well, and he kept having, you know, various, you know, weaknesses. And the parents took him to a doctor, and the doctor diagnosed him that he had a, he had the machlo, leolenu, and they basically told him that he's going to have to go through a lot of chemotherapy. And you know, the parents were very, very worried. They were crying. What's going to be the side effects? And you know, one of the side effects of chemotherapy is that a person loses their hair. The Hasidish boy, you know, goes out onto the merpeset of the hospital and he's crying and he's davening to the Rabbi Shalom with tears, demai shlish, tremendous tears coming down his beautiful face. And the parents come out and say, what's wrong, Yingalah? What are you crying about? Are you worried about the disease? He says, I'm not worried about the disease. He says, whatever it will be, will be. He says, but I'm asking the Rabbi Shalom, he says, I don't want to lose my payas. Because my payas are the one thing that I cherish. My chassid and payas are like, you know, kaidash kachim. And he says, I don't want to, the chemo is one thing. I can't lose my payas. I don't, I'm davening to Rabbi Shalom. I don't want to lose my payas. And he continued davening and davening and davening. And he started the chemo. And he went through many, many chemo treatments. And he lost all the other hair in his body. But the payas always stayed. And this child was brought to Reb Chaim Kanievsky. And Reb Chaim Kanievsky, when he heard the story, and he saw the beautiful, luscious payas on, on the child's face, he brought in all of his family members and all the people around, and he said, this is the kayak of tefillah. Look with your own eyes the greatness of tefillah. When a person davens to Rabbi Yisraelim for a fuah, we have no idea how much it works. It doesn't mean to say that every single time we daven, we're going to have the desired results that we want. The Rabbi Yisham has his cheshbonus also. But within the realm of refuah, when it's possible to have a nace, when it's possible to see the Yeshua Hashem, it can only come from Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the Reifei Chalbasu Mafilasleis Rifainu Hashem V'nei Rafei. When we're able to acknowledge that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the Reifei, then V'nei Rafei. Only then do we stand a chance of refuah, ki ani Hashem reifecha. These are very important yisaitis for us to remember. When we're healthy, we have to remember that Kodesh Baruch Hu is making us healthy and have prachas. When we make ashriyatzeh to have the proper kavanas, it should be a tefillah shlema. And Rachman son, when we encounter illness, leolenu, in our, in our lives, in whatever form, we should always remember who the main dogish should be on. The main dogish who our tefillahs go to, who our ikr concentration, our supplication should be towards the Rabbi Nishan. The doctor's important also, but not the main belief should not be invested in doctors. Doctors are wonderful and they deserve the ultimate covet, but at the end of the day, in terms of our focus and our direction, our concentration, we have to always remember that ultimately HaKadosh Baruch is the Reifei, Ya'ani Hashem Reifecha, have a wonderful Shabbos.